You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogenmeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is my favorite protein bar, and it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. I also write for the LA Football Network, and now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? We know it's Monday, but hopefully we can bring up your Monday a little bit with today's show. Welcome into all of our listeners, especially those who are checking out the show today for the first time. We really appreciate it. If you don't already, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. That way you never miss a show, whether it's the new Odyssey app, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever. But on today's show, we were wondering what to talk about. And one thing that we haven't really done yet is just an off-season recap, right? So on today's show, we're going to look at every position group for the Chargers and talk about whether we think it got better or worse during this offseason, combining the draft and free agency. So to start the show, we're going to look at the offense where I think most of the position groups got better, right? And then I think more conversations will happen on the defensive side of things in the second segment because a lot of what we're going to see defensively, we don't really know right now. And to a certain extent, that's true about all these position groups. But I think that's where the interesting conversation is. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to do a little bit of a free agency recap, a little bit of a draft recap, and then give our off-season grades at this point for the whole thing combined. So, David, let's go ahead and get into it. Another week, another show talking chargers with you david and i'm appreciative of you being on with me today i think this is going to be fun looking at these offensive and defensive position groups because when you break it down like this and you do it position by position i think you can really see where the chargers got better and maybe didn't get better yeah i mean looking at a taking a deep dive uh, at this team and looking at what they did in the offseason and free agency and and their plan and what they were really trying to execute and what they put an emphasis on i think was really clear in this free agency period and in the draft i mean they had two different philosophies on what they wanted to address with you know free agency signings and what they wanted to add with the drafts uh, with the draftees their nine picks that they got in this 2021 draft class so i mean it was really interesting taking a deep dive and uh, I'm, I'm excited to get into it so that being said where you're starting offensively here and i think there was so much addition to the offense through the draft and through free agency but i think there are certain positions that obviously stand out more than others so when you're looking at the position groups that you thought really got better for the Chargers this offseason, what are the ones that come to mind? I mean, it's obvious, right? I think it's got to be the offensive line. It, that's where you have to start on where this team got better. And you look at the offensive line uh, and the pieces they had last year, guys like Scott Questenberry, Cole Toner, Dan Feeney, Sam Tevy, 
Trey Turner. I mean, they had uh, I mean a mix uh, of some decent players and some guys that didn't really uh, play up to expectation, but they really went out in free agency, especially to emphatically address this position, and they spent a lot of money doing it. Corey Lindsley from the Green Bay Packers signing him to a massive contract where he was the highest paid center in the league for at least a little while. And then mm-hmm. you bring in Odey Obushi, Matt Filer, who signs him to a, a pretty decent contract. Uh, I mean, the emphasis on improving the offensive line with proven talent and some up-and-comers like Odeo Bushi was uh, obviously the message and what they were trying to get done in free agency. Yeah, when like we talked about a little bit before the show, I mean, you could have dinged them a little bit in free agency for not signing a left tackle, right? But at that point, you don't know you're getting Rashawn Slater with the 13th overall pick, which makes it feel a lot better. But at least on the top level, the offensive line got a lot better. Because say what we want about last year's offensive line, David. I mean, the best guy, even though he was injured, is Brian Bulaga. He's still with the team. The other guys, at best, you're saying they're okay. I mean, Forrest Lamp had a subpar season, a below-average season. So did Dan Feeney. Trey Turner was not good at all when he was out there. And them trying to fill in for him was also not very good as well. So I think Sam Tevy was probably your best offensive lineman last year. I mean, as far as the guys that, you know, played more than fifty percent of the snaps, he definitely was, because Brian Bulaga can't say that, but there is still a little bit of depth that concerns me. I mean, the backup tackle as we see it now, is it Trey Pipkins? Is it Storm Norton? Is it Brendan Hymas, right? And we don't yeah. know because on their team website they say he's a guard and a tackle. So he's kind of a nice versatile piece that can kind of give you depth at both of those positions, but he's still a fifth-round pick. We don't know what we're going to get out of him at this point. He could even be potentially trying to go after a starting guard spot, right, between him and Ode Abushi. So the other I guys think behind it, I think them, there is an open competition there. I mean, there should be. I think there is. I still am very bullish on Abushi's chances oh, there. Same. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to take that away from him. He is a guy that you know could season and develop a little bit. But if one of the guard spots goes down this year, at least you have something you can be excited about filling in for it. And I think when you look at the other positions, I think wide receiver, just because it's the same group with Josh Palmer, right? Got better, just more talent infused into that group. So I think wide receivers definitely got better. The competition. Well, and what is the room going to look like? What is the wide receiver room going to look like? I mean, is Joe Reed going to still be there? Is KJ Hill Jr. still going to be there? I mean, which, which spot is Josh Palmer going to take? I mean, I think that's going to be interesting going into training camp and into this uh, 2021 season. Well, and the thing is, too, is it doesn't take much as far as production from Josh Palmer to be more impactful than both of those guys were in 2020, which is the only time we've seen them. So if one of those guys drop off, there's still a good argument to be made that the wide receiving core is better, kind of no matter who makes it out of this group. And there's a few other guys, you know, trying to compete for practice squad spots and stuff, too. And that'll be super competitive as well. Guys like Jason Moore and Austin Prowell, but not every position got better. And I think you have to nitpick offensively when you're talking about a position group that didn't get better. But what did you think of David when you were trying to put together maybe a position group that got worse? Yeah, looking at the offensive side, I mean, I think the running backs got better. I think uh, there's one position group where you can pretty clearly say that they got worse. And that's really because you were trading in a, a young tight end who was a really good blocker, a really good pass catcher, and just kind of in the prime of his career uh, in Hunter Henry. So with that being said, I think it's the tight end position. You get Jared Cook to kind of offset that. 
You bring in Trey McKitty, uh, you know, through the draft, which I think he's going to help. He's going to be a really good blocker. Um, he's going to help in that sense. But just swapping out Jared Cook for Hunter Henry, I think uh, you ask anyone around the league, and they'll say that that's a downgrade um, overall. And even though he might fit better a little bit stylistically, like receiving numbers wise, I think you'll see him put up. You know, somewhat near what a normal Hunter Henry season is. And, I mean, he's been more dependable and has stayed healthy more than Hunter Henry has, right? Which is another feather in his cap. But look at what each of those guys made, right? There's a reason why Hunter Henry is getting that much money from the Patriots. Because he can do both. You can't necessarily replace one player that's all around with a guy who can do one of each of those things. And Trey McKitty and Jared Cook. So I think that we are nitpicking a little bit. I think that the tight end position can be fine for the Chargers. As far as blocking tight ends go, you did lose Virgil Green, and he was towards the end of his career potentially anyways. And you yeah. have Trey McKitty now, but he was a somewhat dependable blocker at least for most of his time with the Chargers, and that's what he was brought in to do. So that is a little bit of a loss as well. But the only other position you can make the argument, I think, is quarterback, and it's directly Chase Daniel or Tyrod Taylor. And I think I would lean Tyrod Taylor just because he has a guy that's had, you know, extended success at some point in his career. Chase Daniel is a backup, right? He's a backup that's gotten in three or four games, you know, has had times where he's gotten a little bit more playing time potentially, but Tyrod Taylor had like multiple seasons of starting ability. So and starting. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, and here's the reason why. I think the reason why they brought Chase Daniel in – for him being in such command of that New Orleans offense and how he can relay that and teach that to Justin Herbert and kind of help curve that learning curve on a notoriously very complex offensive system. I think his, you know, he's going to be the secret weapon for Justin Herbert to learn this offense and be able to command it that much quicker. I think that is going to be very valuable, even if he doesn't step foot on the field at all next year. Well, obviously, you hope that he doesn't, right? I mean, that's bad. And I'm just talking about playing ability on the field. Oh, yeah. That part of it, I mean, makes a lot of sense. And that's something that's hard to quantify. How much is that guy helping? And, like, look back at last year. Tyrod Taylor seemed to be a pretty good teacher if we're kind of basing it off of guys that are sitting in the room helping Justin Herbert when he's watching tape. I mean, it's hard to knock Tyrod Taylor for what happened with Justin Herbert last year. So, I think all things equal – He did a pretty good job, and we just don't know what capacity that was, right? So that will be interesting to see, but it's backup quarterback. So hopefully we never have to see them regardless. So (laughs) we do have one more segment that we're going to get into breaking down these position groups and which got better, which got worse. And we're going to flip it over to the defensive side of the ball coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that this episode is also brought to you by CreditKarma.com. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more with Credit Karma Money Spend Account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. And Credit Karma has always been good, David. I know we both use it. I know it's one that you like a lot as well. I love Credit Karma, and it's because when I first signed up, my credit score was terrible, and they have helped me completely revamp that. I have gained 100-plus points on my credit score, all thanks to Credit Karma. Yeah, I mean, it's just great for even knowing, you know, what to do to make your credit better, too. And Credit Karma Money has already given 
away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 credit karma members and counting. Right now is the best time to get on it, guys. I mean, they're literally giving people prizes just to be a part of this. And right now, you can visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, David. Well, let's continue into this offseason recap of sorts where we just go position group by position group and talk about whether we think it got better or worse during the draft and free agency. Now that we can kind of combine all of those things because the Chargers roster right now is basically what it's going to be yes they could add julio jones and that changes everything (laughs) but for the most part what you see is what you're going to get so i think there could be some more signings on the horizon i think there's still some positions that are a little thin maybe you see some moves like that but as it stands right now we have a pretty good idea of who's going to be on the team so let's flip to the defensive side of things and i think as much as the offense it was hard to find position groups that got worse. I mean, we definitely nitpicked a little bit. I think there's fairer questions, at least, on the defensive side. But let's start with the good parts of it because there are position groups that got better as well. So when you were looking at the defensive side of the things, which is the position group you thought got better during this offseason? So I think looking at the defensive side of the of the ball here for the Chargers, where they got better for me, I think is the edge group. I think I love the what they did with the edge group as far as adding guys that are productive. I mean, you had Melvin Ingram last year, but he just wasn't very productive. I mean, he he was a partner in crime for with Joey Bosa for a couple of years, and that seemed to work pretty well. But last year, it just did not work at all. So they bring in Kyler Fackrell, who has had some recent success getting after the quarterback, and they they get Chris Rumpf, who they can add with Uchenna and Wosu to really get supercharged and bring some speed getting after the quarterback. I, I think I like what they've done in the offseason to try to get better at raising those terrible sack numbers that they had last year. It has to be one of the biggest priorities. And obviously, when you spend a fourth round pick, that doesn't necessarily scream. We have huge needs at this position. And you're also taking into account that Melvin Ingram wasn't the same Melvin Ingram that we saw for so many years with the Chargers, right? I mean, we're basing this off of last season's Melvin Ingram, which was injury riddled, and he seemed to have his age catch up with him a little bit, and that's no offense to him. He was a great player and lived up to his first round pick draft status, but right now you needed to get younger at that position, and they did that with Chris Rumpf, and they added some proven talent, even though it's kind of hard to you know gauge what you're going to get from Kyler Fackrell as far as sack production just because he has one double digit sack season every other one was less than four so you don't necessarily know there but I feel pretty safe saying that the Chargers edge rushers got better during this offseason and I think you could probably say the same thing about the defensive line I mean just having the same group and adding Christian Covington nothing to move the needle for me really at all I mean I just think that's a solid depth you know, experience piece, probably a little bit better than Damian Square. And you're not just totally banking on guys like Cortez Broughton or Justin Jones to make a big leap, right? You know, you have at least an okay player, average player at those positions. So I, I don't think, think they did enough, though, to be I, honest. No, with I you. don't either. The, the Chargers last year finished 26th in rush defense DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. And 
I don't think they did very much to help uh, move the needle in that respect. I don't think they have guys that are going to get after the quarterback unless they unlock some potential with Jerry Tillery. And I don't really like their prospects of getting uh, some good run production unless it's Linval Joseph. I just don't know um, if you can really go into this season feeling really good about what you have on the defensive line. Well, and that's a different conversation. I mean, we're talking about if position groups got better or worse, they didn't lose anything there, right? I mean, Isaac Rochelle was an edge player, technically, you know, how we see things defensively now. You lost Damian Square. I don't think that there's a significant difference where you could say that he's, you know, much worse than Christian Covington is, or much better, I should say. But I do think that it didn't move the needle, right? It didn't make yeah. you feel good about it. It's just that it didn't get worse. <laughs> so Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and, and that's what we're doing here. But yeah, obviously there is some uneasy thoughts about that defensive line just because that obviously didn't change very much. But run defense is a team effort, right? You had poor tackling from your safeties and your corners last year. You had you know young linebackers who were missing gaps, missing plays in, in coverage even. I mean, there was a lot there. But obviously rush defense-wise... It's going to take efforts from the entire team to get better there. But I think the hard part here is cornerback, right? Because yeah. you didn't lose anything except for Casey Hayward. But it's also Casey Hayward coming off of his worst season. You end up adding in another guy in Ryan Smith who's special teams. But the big addition is Asante Samuel Jr. So how Asante Samuel Jr. plays is going to directly tell you if the Chargers got better this offseason at cornerback, right? Because if it's Brandon Faison out there for most of the season, even though you added more talent to that position, you got younger there. Those are all good things. Most of how we feel about this conversation is going to have to do with how well Asante Samuel Jr. plays, how often he gets on the field, all of those things. But as far as positions that got worse, because I think corner is kind of in the middle there. It's too hard to tell at this point because Casey Hayward was still, you know, had games where he was fine. You know, he still had you know a lot of experience. Yeah. Gus Bradley just never changed his defense to kind of really the, help the him. The ball. Yeah, the yeah like he didn't really get a lot of year. help. No, no, but like Gus Bradley's cover three, cover three, cover three, right? I mean, you'd yeah. have a hard time believing Brandon Staley is just going to keep letting him out on that island and letting him just keep getting burnt deep, right? Staley's yeah. whole thing is we want two-on-ones in the passing game. You don't want guys like that to have to know that – they're not getting any help over the top, which is what Casey Hayward had on some of those situations. Not to defend him, but there were some things he did well. We wanted to move him to slot, potentially. You can't pay him that much at slot, but either way, that's a, a difficult conversation. What position group, David, on the defensive side of things do you think got worse? I think it's the linebacker position. I mean, just the, like the middle linebackers, uh, them uh, saying goodbye to Denzel Perriman, who was one of their best run-stuffing linebackers probably for the last couple of years. Also a, a pretty good veteran uh, in Nick Vigil, who played more than I think some people uh, anticipated, and I, I thought he played fairly well. I mean, you do bring it, you get Drew Tranquil back, who you know who got injured on one of the first plays last year, and you bring in Nick Neiman, but you don't know what Nick Neiman's going to bring for you. You you ha you feel pretty good about how he's going to help you on special teams, um, and I think he will help against the run, but I don't know how quickly he's going to find himself on the field playing linebacker. So for that reason, uh, losing those pieces, I I think that the linebacker group got a little bit worse. I think so, too. I mean, just because at least at this point, it looks like a pretty much a straight swap from Denzel Perriman and Nick Vigil to Nick Neiman, who we don't know what he's going to be at, right? Maybe our boy Bong makes the squad or Cole Christensen comes back. None of those guys are going to 
move the needle potentially about how we feel about this specific conversation because Denzel Perryman was one of their best linebackers last year, right? He had yeah. maybe his best season potentially. So that is very interesting there. And I think we'll see how it plays out. It definitely seems a little bit shallow if only four of them make the roster, but we'll see how many they end up keeping there. Brandon Staley obviously made it work with less when he was in Los Angeles last year. And then I will add the safety group because I do think the safety position got worse for the Chargers because definitely whether or not Derwin James was on the roster last year, I mean, obviously they got worse because they lose Rayshon Jenkins and there's no clear replacement for him. But getting Derwin James back is going to make you feel a lot better about the safety position regardless, right? I mean, the depth there, still frightening, but... You How much are you expecting out of Mark Webb? I mean, that, yeah. that's the thing, yeah. too. It's just he's going to have to – I think he's going to have to come in and play a lot more than some people think, and I don't know how good that's going to be, and I think it's going to take some time before he can really make any kind of impact. It's going to be interesting because the Rams had really, really good safety play last year from John Johnson, and they obviously moved a lot of guys around and played them in different spots than maybe traditionally you would think of them as, but – we don't really see those guys on the roster right now. Mark Webb would be the closest thing, but he's still a seventh-round pick. He's still a guy that you would think, you know, and they have talked about more as a special teamer, and you don't have a backup free safety on the roster. Like, you have Derwin James, and that makes you feel better about him going to free safety, Alohi Gilman or Mark Webb getting some snaps at strong safety, but both of those guys totally inexperienced, and those are your two only backups at safety if they think of Mark Webb as a safety. So that's a position I could see them adding to potentially, even if it's a, you know, under the radar kind of name, hard to imagine they're going to go into it with just four in those four specifically, given what the drawbacks could potentially be. I mean, they might not be tied to a Lowy Gilman, right? So maybe they bring in someone else there. We just don't know how they feel at this point, but we do have one more segment to get into because we do kind of want to put things all together, right? Dave, and kind of put a bow on this off season recap, how we see it at this point. And we'll see how it changes between now and the start of the season. But to wrap up the show, we'll be getting into our full off-season grades and get into a recap of the draft and free agency coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the best protein bar on the planet is Built Bar. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, what you're missing out because there's nine different flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, coconut, peanut butter brownie, which is my favorite, salted caramel, mint brownie, and more. And one of the things I like about Built Bar is obviously the variety, you hear all the flavors, but you can actually order a mixed box so you get two of each of the flavors. You'll get an 18-pack where you'll get to have all of them so you can change it up on a day-to-day basis because you don't want to eat the same thing every day, right? So you can feel like you're having a treat and that you're switching it up and with Built Bars and all of those different flavors. And they go with pretty much any diet. They're low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And right now, you guys can even save some money on Built Bars because if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, well, we talked about the position groups that we felt got better and some of them that we think maybe got worse. And I think... There's so much semantics and so much that you don't know at this point. You can only really go based on the guys, what you think they're going to be, right? And the guys you've already seen from, and you know, that you kind of already know what you're getting from them. But overall, I think it was a good offseason for the Chargers when you take everything into account. I'm not going to ding Tom Telesco at all because he didn't trade for Julio Jones or because he didn't Yet. Tra- trade for Orlando Brown Jr. at this point, right? I mean, obviously that one's gone he's at the Chiefs now but 
I'm not going to ding him for anything like that yet, but just going to free agency specifically, I think you could still kind of question them not getting a safety, but you can't really argue with the fact that at least on the offensive line, they made major, major strides, and they brought in a few different key pieces too to maybe just fill in a couple more pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, I think that the, this kind of signals a little bit of a philosophy change just with the emphasis on improving and addressing the offensive line, really building from the inside out, which is fantastic for me. It's something I've been wanting for years for the Chargers. They've really focused on the outside in, and they really spent money on the inside here with Corey Lindsley and Odea Bushi and Matt Filer. Those were really welcomed additions for me. I was really happy. I mean, Corey Lindsley was a guy we were pounding the table for. I mean, we want a general, a field general, a guy who is a, a strong communicator, a guy who's played with some, some phenomenal quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers, and, and bring that just in te- intelligence and that play to the Chargers that he's a guy in the middle of the offensive line that's going to make everyone around him better so I love what they did addressing the offensive line it's going to be a big difference maker for the Chargers this year yeah and I think you know like I said there are things to knock them for but as far as going out and getting quality offensive linemen even Odea Bushi is probably coming off of his best season you can make that argument for Matt Filer and you can also make the argument that Corey Lindsley was the best center in football and i think his first highest team, rated for pff know. and i mean whether or not highest grade at pff the all pro center of 2020 right all pros they don't just hand out right not yeah. second team all pro first team all pro center and that was just huge it was the fit that made the most sense but you did lose a couple of pieces right so it's not perfect you didn't find a real replacement for Rayshon jenkins i think you found a good band-aid for hunter henry but Still, there were some things heading into the draft that you knew they had to address, which is what we were saying. Hey, don't go into the draft and have every team out there know that you need an offensive tackle at 13. Well, (laughs) it didn't matter because the Chargers go into the draft. They get Rashawn Slater. They get Asante Samuel Jr., both guys that we thought made a lot of sense for them, both guys we did not think would make it to them. So that by itself gets you off to a hot start in the draft, David. And then from there, adding special teams players, offensive line depth, all of those things, that made it a pretty good draft as well. Yeah, I mean, seeing what they did in free agency and then going to see what they did in the draft, I think they really complemented each other really well with free agency in the draft. Getting Rashawn Slater, getting Asante Samuel Jr., adding some pieces in the pass rush, adding some quality depth uh, at the linebacker position and on the offensive line. I think they really did a good job of getting guys that have potential and guys that are going to help you right away. I mean, I think you look at this entire offseason picture, and I think you really are encouraged and happy with what the Chargers got done. I think so, too. I mean, even bringing back Michael Davis, right? I mean, I remember sitting here with you before, free agency even with John when he was here and we're like they cannot lose Michael Davis right I mean he was by far their best corner in 2020 that was the guy where we're like he has to happen right and I think also a couple of things won't get thrown into this offseason but Tom Telesco not putting himself in a position where he had to sign Michael Davis and Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa he got those extensions done so he didn't have to worry about him in this free agency period which I think was smart One thing I think that hurt them a little bit was you didn't build through the trenches on both sides, right? You didn't get, you didn't use the same type of capital to build your defensive line as you did with your offensive line. And, you know, look at the Super Bowl teams 
and the talent that those teams have on the defensive lines. I mean, look at Brandon Staley, what he had last year. Those players matter, especially on the interior. Yes, he has Joey Bosa. It's different. Yes, he has Derwin James. It's different than Jalen Ramsey, right? So I think that especially on the defensive line, it wasn't a strong draft class. That obviously hurts a little bit. And in free agency, you weren't able to bring in someone or work something out to really improve that position. And you haven't really been able to get the guy through that. Like Brandon Meebane was fine. Linval yeah. Joseph was pretty good, right? I mean, not spectacular. So that was the one ding, I think. But when you're looking at it as a whole, because how they did in the draft does change how you feel in free agency and vice versa. So, David, when you're looking at it like that, looking at it, you know, in mid-May, which we are right now, what would you give the Chargers on a grade for their entire offseason? Yeah, so, I mean, considering what they did on the offensive line, considering what they did in the draft and how they added to pieces, but also keeping in mind that they didn't really get too much better at the safety position, and also they didn't really provide any depth on the defensive line. I can't give them a perfect grade, but they got much better in this offseason. So with that being said, I'm going to give them a solid B for my offseason grade for the Chargers. Wow, that is way lower than I thought you were going to go. I mean, Really? I- yeah, I definitely thought you were going to go in the A range, and I think... I can't. I mean, they're not a complete team right now. I mean, sure. it's for those reasons, and that's why I couldn't give them an A. I mean, I'm obviously a very big optimist. Everyone mm-hmm. who listens to this show would know that, but I have to be a little more realistic. I mean, this is not a perfect team. I don't think this is a team you look at them right now and say this is for sure a playoff team. So for that reason, I have to say that they have potential to get there, and that's why I give them a B. And to some certain extent, you're just putting your faith in Brandon Staley and hoping he can get more out of some guys where you don't think of those positions as not talented, right? Like if Justin Jones and Jerry Tillery have their best year, now that's a position group you're not as worried about going forward, right? No doubt. Yeah, if Mark Webb, Derwin James, you know, if Derwin James and Nazir Adderley stay healthy, nobody's worrying about the fact that you didn't bring in another safety, right? So a lot of different things can happen, but it is still shallow in certain areas, so I do think that takes away from some of it. You had big needs going into the offseason, and you had big decisions to make. Were you going to trade up from the 13th pick or the 47th pick to secure your guy? No, you didn't. You stayed put. You hit two home runs in the first two rounds. In free agency, you knew you were going to have to bring in offensive line upgrades, and you didn't settle for bringing back Dan Feeney or Sam Tevy or Forrest Lamp. You said, I want it new. Everything new. That didn't work at all. Replace the entire thing. And you did it. In one offseason, at least at the top edge, you replaced your entire offensive line. That's impressive as hell, right? Yeah. Brian Bulaga still has to stay healthy. Depth is still an issue, but you can't do it all in one offseason. So I think for what they were working with, with Brandon Staley's input into some of the draft picks where you really see his imprint on that and the type of free agents that they brought in, They didn't go all out and break the bank for John Johnson. They didn't go all out and break the bank for any of the other, you know, wide receivers or big-time safeties or anything like that, big-time corners. They invested in the one big signing they made as far as financially was Corey Lindsley, which is a great investment. Your second biggest one, Matt Filer, which is a great investment. Your third biggest signing, re-signing Michael Davis. That's a great investment. So, when I look at this offseason as a whole, I'm giving the Chargers an A-. I think oh, that, yeah, man. I mean, I think that 
like I'm saying, there's only so much you can do, right? And A plus is obviously you fix every need that you had, right? I mean, right. And we don't know if they got a this year's Justin Herbert, right? I mean, last year's offseason looks a lot different when you know that you landed the quarterback, right? So we don't know some things yet, but yeah, if they had found some more safety help, at least the guy I felt was experienced backup, if they had brought some more talent to the defensive line, that's a solid A for me, right? But making those decisions, and for me, the right decisions, things we wanted to happen, right? Don't be content with the same offensive line. Find your left tackle finally. Invest in the offensive line. They did those things, right? I think so, you can say it was the best offseason the Chargers have had in the last three or four seasons. I don't think that's saying much at all. Yeah, and I think part of that, I mean, we'll see, right? Because if Chris Harris Jr., Limbaugh Joseph, and Brian Bulaga all ball out, and you got Justin Herbert last year, maybe that's a pretty good offseason, you know? But that, that's the thing is we kind of have to wait at this point. For where we're at now, I'm giving the Chargers an A for this offseason. I really like the moves that Telesco made. He stayed kind of within himself. He didn't do anything crazy. Things kind of fell into his lap in a certain way. Their intel was good. They didn't really overspend for anyone. Like, I, the Michael Davis deal I thought was really good, right? Yeah, uh, even absolutely. Corey Lindsley, that one, you bite the bullet on that one. Those are hard to live up to. He's an all-pro. You're going to have to pay for all-pros. You're paying for someone that. that's potentially the best player at their position. If you're going to pay top dollar, that's the guy that you do it for. I liked it, and I can't believe I'm the much more optimistic one on it's this. It's opposite so. day. I'm telling you, it's opposite day. Yeah, and, you know, obviously health will have so much to do with it, and there's so many other things. How Brandon Staley incorporates his new coaching staff in a weird, still kind of offseason. And how they develop players, I think that's going to be another key. But I am Huge. feeling a lot better with this coaching staff and how they are going to be able to develop players than the last three combined. It's different. So at least you're giving me something different. I've seen the other coaches not be able to do it. Now, I don't have anything against these guys. I don't have any true expectations. Just hopefully better, but different is good as well. So that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Maybe tomorrow we will get into some Twitter Tuesday. Maybe if you guys want to send your Twitter questions to us, you can tag us on Twitter and we'll also probably put a post out. If we don't get any questions there, maybe we'll do some voicemails. A lot to get into, and we're hopefully going to have you know Daniel Popper and some of the beat writers for the Chargers on with us soon just to get into the Chargers offseason. But that is going to do it for today's show. Until next time, guys, make sure you go follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the new Odyssey app. It's a daily show. That's the fastest and easiest way to make sure that you never miss a show. So we would appreciate that as well if you guys like the show to rate and review too. But you can find me and David on Twitter. You can find me at Dan Talk Sports and David at DroTalkSD. The show's Twitter is locked on LAC, and we've loved you know interacting with you guys on there. We had some good interactions over the weekend, so we will definitely talk to you guys there. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook as well. But if you want to call into the show, the voicemail line is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.